Welcome to Park Ave Baptist Church Podcast. A weekly broadcast of our Sunday sermon. I'm Himra Chanel, pastor of community engagement and stewardship. And I'm Darcy Jarrett, pastor of worship, advocacy, and arts. Park Ave is a bold, inclusive, and creative community where everyone is welcome. We uplift voices and identities that are marginalized elsewhere. We affirm all ethnicities, racial identities, ages, socioeconomic groups, gender identities, and sexual orientations because we hold to a theology that refuses to other anyone. At Park Ave, our leadership model is non-hierarchical. And we practice an open pulpit where you will hear a multiplicity of theologically trained voices from different backgrounds and social locations. We don't just preach and talk about deconstructing systems and structures of power. We We practice practice it. Through this podcast, we hope you will be inspired, encouraged, and challenged. Listen Listen with with us now. Park Avenue Baptist Church, in response to COVID-19, has suspended in-person worship, but that can't stop us. What you'll hear on this podcast is a recording of our online worship, which happens each Sunday at 10 a.m. Join us through our Facebook, at Park Ave Baptist, or our Instagram, at Park Ave Baptist. We hope that you stay safe in these difficult times. Uh, the, today's scripture reading is coming from the Gospel of John, chapter 20, mm-hmm. verses 11 through 18. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white, seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. He asked her, Woman, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Arabic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my father and your father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news. I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. Let me lead us in a word of prayer as we begin this sermon together. Holiest God, most human God, 
resurrected one, filled with the Spirit, Jesus, our Black Messiah, Jesus, here with us, among us, within us. In this moment, we come to you, giving you all. Let your vision be the one that comes through with our words. Let your vision be the voice loudest in the collaborative moment of creativity, your imagined dreams alive in this world. Now, we pray this in the name of the Most High, in the name of the Most Low, in the name of the universe. Amen. 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 Our sermon. Christ inspired so many, did so many great things. I never thought it would end this way, the way he died. But he is risen. I mean, I hear you, but I saw him die, take his final breath. And all I could wonder was, I never thought it would come to this. He's dead. But he is risen. I mean, I hear you. Pastor Darcy, but people don't just come back. What about Lazarus? Yeah, I, I know about Lazarus, but Jesus did that. Who's going to rise him? Are you? I can't. I never thought it would end like this. He's dead. But he has risen. Yeah, I hear you. But I haven't seen him, have you? I did see those bruises, though. I did see uh, the whips uh, with the thing, the iron sticks on the end sticking out. I saw how it ripped his skin down to the bones. I heard him yell out, but it was strange. He wasn't yelling out for them to stop, but it was as if he was yelling to something beyond this world. I saw them put the crown of thorns on his head, walk him up that hill, nail him to that tree. It was horrible. The smell. His mother crying. I never imagined this. And you know what the crazy thing is, Pastor Darcy? He was a pretty good guy. I never saw him do anything to anyone but try to meet them where they were. And he was feisty too now. I saw him push over some tables in the temple one day. He, he wasn't a pushover, you know. No, he wasn't. You know, I saw that when the Pharisees came a knocking, but but he he tried though. I mean, that's what he did. He helped people, healed people, loved people. His judgment was just. His mercy went beyond anything I could imagine. I never thought it would end like this. He's dead. Pastor Henra, he is risen. I hear you. I, I definitely hear you. But what does that change? Did he rise just so he can be killed again by the hate we see in the world? What? I mean, is he going to do more great things and somehow win over the ones who killed him daily by choosing to judge and to justify hate instead of love? What will it really change? Where is the hope in so much suffering? Hope amid hopelessness. Hope. Amid hopelessness, hope springing forth 
spring season, lilies of the field, sunshine bright, and daytime more. And pollen. Yes, pollen. And uh, no, not just forces of nature to be tolerated, but signs of life and promise, the earth renewing herself. Is it a miracle to hope? Hope, hope miraculous. Yes, miraculous to expect, to await, to dwell, to relate in the house of hope. Hope built on solid ground, a cement mixture with gratitude and half-imagined expectations of a, the imaginal realm that is real and- And not real. Not, not yet. yet. Not real yet hope compelling us toward abundant life persistent life joyful revolution but hope is taking such a risk a risk a leap way into the air but the vision is there and the truth that is only up in the clouds can we trap sticky cotton candy, and hear the words of wind translated through the whisper of trees. Hope amid hopelessness gives birth to new dimensions and visions like love in a time of cholera. Hope despite what we've seen, not foolery or taken lightly, but forged in the flames of crisis. Hope, hope amid hopelessness. Hope in a time of pandemic, where the promise of the future looks different, looks fuzzy. The chiseled features of the much expected next steps, the five-year plan, a progression, now looks like an impression, lost that clear picture. Though I look and we look, I used to look and foresee and plan and foreknow and predict and- Presume. Presume. Yet I do feel hope rising somehow, some way, that way out of no way. Hope springing forth, not miraculously, but stubbornly. Hope not from nothing, but from dogged determination and grit. The hope at the end of a purposeful knowing why. Why do we show up for each other? Why communities of care? Why difference matters? What for and where? Yeah. But to build hope, we need rest, Pastor Darcy. Sleep and siesta, how to hear ourselves say no and grow into that yes, a holy consent, how to continue to make meaning, how to converge and coalesce around an image and a purpose. We feel the importance of creativity and art, those things that tug on our heartstrings and heart. Hope amid hopelessness not giving into long suffering. Jesus did suffer at the mercy of injustice. Yes, he did suffer. But this morning we look to find hope in the midst of such pain, in the midst of unanswered questions, in the midst of doubt. Despite, Despite doubt, we have vision. This morning we hold our vision true and clear Resurrection from death to life, this radical change, this awakening consciousness, this prophecy fulfilled is a paradigm shift that changes everything. everything. We come knocking on the door of justice and love. 
We come knocking because the powers that be that thought that we were broken, that somehow all that has been taken away from us would stop us from believing. Yes, these past few months and this last year and a half has felt like a long Lent. Struggling, waiting for those to get back to the normal handshake and smile. Yes, I know it has been hard with so many lives lost and taken and not just by COVID. Some by rage and hate and gun violence seems just too much to handle. Our grief and tears built up to a point. Yes, this has been the longest Lent. There's no bomb in sight and not enough oil to anoint. It seems like grief is around every corner, disappointment after disappointment. But this morning, this morning, we still hold onto our hope that Christ is still alive in us, that all is not lost. All is not lost. And in fact, we've gained vision, vision. the vision to see beyond the veil, the vision to value what's truly important, the vision of artists and makers, musicians and poets to make irresistible the revolution, to normalize political action and leave behind the false pretense of Stoics. False pretense. Hope forged in a wasteland is the most powerful yet. Hope forged in a wasteland is the most powerful yet yet we will not forget how this year dragged on as slow motion chaos seeped in all around and then faster and faster the mundane and the lonely stayed so close for so long our perception expanded we listened to the within we made our hope spring within without and we will not soon forget. We will not forget it was hope forced in a wasteland is the most powerful yet. Audrey Lord taught and spoke of proximity to Armageddon, sharpening the creative impact. And this is our fact that artistry and creation imagination kept us from going over the edge or being sucked in. Imagine with me again, that life-giving force that comes in the form of one man, the holiest and loveliest, who tried to teach as much as he can. Yeah, and then that vision and light got snatched from our sight. Ripped from our world and then back in a floodlight, a vision back to life he came. We shared in that vision and we do today in that communal refrain, this is us, us, dear community, remnant who remains. We share this vision again and the world will never be the same. Yeah, the world will never be the same. We will never be the same. Never stop or fail to knock on that door. We knock on the door for justice, the justice that Christ gave his life for. We knock on the door for love so that all may be welcomed into the house of God. We knock on the door because we, like Mary, went to the tomb this morning and found it empty. And it was empty, Pastor Darcy, because hope was set free. <laughs> hope woke up and walked out this morning. Hope said no to despair no and to yes despair. to joy. Yes hope to joy. Was placed, hope was placed on a train this morning. 
accompanied by peace on one side and joy on the other side. And then that train came running right into our front living room. Uh, you, you and, and I, I and, and this, this world, world on, on this, this day. day, the empty tomb discovered in early morning, mist on the ground, a small breeze in the air. When Christ woke up, came back and was summoned and rose up on, on this, this morning. morning. And we saw the same vision, the empty tomb, the thin place where our world and heaven came crashing in collision. Hmm. Yeah, we will proclaim that we will no longer hold our heads down, that we will walk with our heads held high, knowing heads that no weapon, no weapon formed against us. No battle coming our way, no lack, no doubt, no unjust bill signed Jim Crow 2.0, no unjust law passed, no weapon formed against us. We who are the children of God, no matter what anyone said, will say or is saying, no weapon shall prosper. Victory, Victory is, is ours, ours in our, our vision. vision. The vision of the beyond and the hope that moves mountains, hope that creates miracles this morning. This isn't just us talking good and getting happy. Nah, it's not just talking good or getting happy. The hope and joy from Christ flows through us. It's going to open, open doors. doors that we have been knocking on for centuries. We proclaim that this morning, Christ, Christ is, is risen. risen. Christ is risen. Hope, Hope is, is here. here. Hope is here. Yes, on Friday, Jesus mumbled the words. It is finished, but it was only the beginning. The beginning of something new, a renewed spirit, a righteous heart, a spring erupting with living water that is working towards moving forward, ever persistent, showing and teaching and learning and acting and refreshing that love that Christ requires us to have for one another. For one another. For one another. So on this day, we too say that it is finished. We are finished allowing the powers to be to divide us. Together we stay united, united as, as one. one. We are finished allowing the color of our skin or our zip code to divide us. We are finished allowing politics to be our demise. We are finished standing idly by letting racism and sexism and ableism and genderism and absolutism and capitalism and egoism and dualism and all forms of fatalism to control our preach. culture and how we see each other. Preach, preach. We are finished allowing our brothers and our sisters and our non-binary siblings to be judged and tormented by society. We are finished speaking death to ourselves and all others. We will speak life to ourselves, over our homes and places we stay, over our neighborhoods and neighbors, we speak collectively of mutual destiny. Mutual destiny. So we proclaim this morning that God is bigger than our problems, no matter the lot, and we will walk out on faith knowing that Christ gave it all so that we may have the courage to stand, to stand up. up. And stand, and stand tall. tall. Amen. 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 Oof. And now 
we want to invite Dr. Robin forward at this moment to give their testimony. They are our newest member and they are beloved. Dr. Robin. Thank you so much. Um, I know that I'm not new to, to many of you. I've preached several times, but I've actually never shared my story. I've never shared my testimony as we do in the Baptist tradition. And as I was thinking about this, um, I recalled the first time that I um, was invited to share my testimony. I was at Canyon Lake Baptist Church in Texas. It was a youth-led service. I was in high school. And um, I was not yet ready to be in front of people, right? I was not yet ready to share my story. And part of the reason is, is because I really understood myself as very different than the, than the rest of my peers. And yet I felt this call. Um, but as I would later learn, uh, this call to serve the church in every capacity um, that I understood myself to be called to do uh, was not welcomed. And I ended up being very afraid to share my testimony. I just couldn't do it. Fast forward many years, I, you know, went to college and went to grad school and did a PhD and, and became a theologian because the church said no to me. And so the testimony that I want to share today is how that call that I felt when I was 14 years old uh, remains true today. And the testimony is that there is a place in, um, in, in the world, really, that has a deep posture of welcome for those who are different. And that's Park Avenue Baptist Church. The scripture reading that I, that I read today um, about Mary, uh, you know, misseeing uh, Jesus as, as the gardener, she, she really recognizes him as teacher. And, and as I sort of come into myself and come to understand who I am, I really understand that, my, that I'm bearing witness to a teacher who came long before me, and I am just trying to live out what I understand his message to be. And I think that's best done in community and in praxis. As I think about uh, my life and, and the ways that um, the multiplicity of stories have shaped me, I'm, I'm reminded that the story that has shaped me the most is the story of the communal story, the story that bubbles up on days like today, where we have doubts, where we lean into hope. That's been my story this whole time, being rejected from the church, being displaced from the church, becoming an academic, moving from the Bay Area back home to the South, finding Park Avenue. It's always a leaving and a returning. 
It's always living betwixt and between hope and doubt. And yet today, I find myself on this Easter Sunday participating in community, singing the refrain of He is risen. Because if we don't, what is what else is there to do? So the so the story that I want you to hear is I'm always in between hope and doubt, faith and doubt. I'm never on either side. I never sort of have an allegiance to either faith or doubt. I'm always in between. In fact, the most honest theological position that I think I can have is that of agnosticism, that I don't know, but I trust. It isn't that the leap of faith that we are all asked to do in living this earth seed life. Isn't that what we are called to do? I think that's what I'm called to do, to be as honest and as truthful as I can in all that I am and in all that I can be. So that I steward a logic of life in community and in practice. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Park Avenue Baptist Church podcast. If you'd like to worship with us in person, our services are on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. ish. We are at 486 Park Ave in Southeast Atlanta, across the street from Grant Park, at the corner of Park Ave and Sydney Street. To find out more about us or get in touch, visit our website at parkavebaptist.com. Now go into a world that is too often unjust. Knowing that the God that created you loves you. And empowers you to love boldly, live inclusively. And serve creatively. Creatively.